cryptocurrency is one part of the blockchain technology a lot of people confuse between the two blockchain is a technology which can exist without cryptocurrency there is absolutely no difficulty at all on that and uh, so i would say it's a enormously fluctuating uh, uh, thing asset and uh, there is not much of an underlying to that asset and there is not also insurance uh, guaranteed another it is uh, it's a game actually as of now while the digital revolution is global the pace of adaptation and policy reactions shall remain largely national or regional reflecting different economic structures and social preferences to discuss this and more i would like to welcome you all to the second part of our three part interaction with professor r vadyanathan it is a pleasure to have you with us sir <clears throat> thank you very much uh, mrtinjay thank you sir it was a very nice introduction and uh, and thanks for the infinity foundation for providing this opportunity and uh, this is the second part of uh, trilogy you wanted to undertake on this uh, journey and uh, today we would be spending some time on the impact of technology on us as well as on uh, you know various uh, dimensions like reducing corruption uh, changing the contours of institutions and uh, as uh, mrityu correctly pointed out uh, it could uh, create uh, you know what one can call technology unemployment but i would not uh, suggest it as unemployment it is a sort of a new type of ways of uh, employment will be generated that's the only thing anyhow i would like to start with a quick anecdote both belonging to us and india uh, in the 90s i was in uh, atlanta I, you know in those days i went to a international bank and uh, you know i wanted to start an account there since i went there and i was to stay there for long and uh, that uh, you know that uh, oh, i am politically always incorrect so that buxom lady he gave me a form and asked me to fill it up and uh, i was surprised actually because in india you know in bank you enter and uh, you know male female one two alternative one of them you tick and then uh, married single that's all one of them you tick and life is simple there that itself ran into one page once married twice divorced thrice married once divorced never married married but not divorced like that like that it went on living together and uh, same sex marriage because uh, georgia's uh, those days itself accepted uh, same sex uh, thing anyhow i was shocked actually what to tick in this bank application form i didn't want to tick a wrong one because i will be roasted back home if i do something like that so i asked that uh, lady where do i fall in this whole thing and uh, she asked me professor are you married i am told i'm a much married man and she asked me the next question are you married to the same woman continue to be married <laughs> i told in our belief system for seven lives we are married to the same person and she fell off from the chair seven <laughs> lives you are going to be married to that i told her relax it is something like this three as husband three as wives and the seventh one is the grandfather one has to uh, finale as uh, anyhow and uh, then she told that mean you are 
in this category. There was a category called married and continually married. It's called MCM. So I fall under that category. It's not just married because you could be married and divorced and various other. And uh, there was another one called personal or impersonal. Which one you prefer? I was young and innocent in those days. Even now I am innocent. I'm not young. So I ticked personal and then uh, forgot about it. Then uh, after a couple of uh, weeks or maybe a month or so, uh, $20 was reduced from my account. I was very, very, 20 is a big amount in those days. And uh, so I was very surprised actually to see my account. It's not computer generated statement or anything. You know, actually they don't keep any passbook. You have to keep your passbook and then uh, fill it up. And uh, what are the various uh, entries? And so I went to her and asked, what is this 20? She also, she couldn't immediately uh, tell Anyhow, she looked at my application and then you have ticked personal. I told her, I don't know what is that. Personal means you will be charged. Otherwise, you should be impersonal. That means you should come into the bank through the internet, through the telephone system or through ATM. These are the only one. You Physically, if you come into our branch, then you will be, you know, to check anything or do to some trial, you will be charged. He told, what is all this? And uh, of course, I used to visit the branch more or less daily for the simple reason. It was located in between my apartment and department. So I used to go and it was air conditioned and free. Wall Street Journal used to be kept there and I can read it for some time and then. So anyhow, I told her, make it completely impersonal, nothing personal. So that, uh, so uh, what it means is, if you are using all these uh, uh, peripheral things like ATM or computer or anything, it's okay for. But if you want to have an interaction with a human being in that branch, you are charged. Right? That's the same actually in India also. Incidentally, I'm told that today some of, some of the international banks charge you. If you physically visit their branch to sort out some issues or something, they charge 100 rupee or 200 rupee or whatever it is. I recall in 90s, there used to be a committee by uh, Rangarajan on the computerization of banks. So I used to be associated with that uh, group and we were doing some work. One Gurudas Das Gupta, he was a communist leader. He was a very, uh, very knowledgeable, intelligent person. He was the president of that All India Bank Employees Association or something. And they were uh, stoutly opposing any type of computerization because they told this computerization, computerization are all sorts classes, not for the masses. And uh, and also, you know, like jobs will go and all the thing. Anyhow, we had a seminar or whatever you call it, get together or, you know, conference at uh, uh, our institute. He also came, actually. We were discussing. He told the professor, what is this? Why are you encouraging all these things? These are all for classes. And uh, I told Gurudas uh, Ji, I had a good you know, relationship with him and he was the very, very polite and nice man, actually, as an individual, even though he was a, a communist leader, as my teacher, Ashok Mitra once strongly commented, I am a communist, I am not a gentleman, he told. Mommy communist, army badarlog na, he told. Somebody asked him in a press conference, are you not a badarlog? He told no. But uh, anyhow, that was a light heart, you know, he was very... He was a very thoroughbred type of thing. Anyhow, 
So I told Gurudev Das Gupta, see, this is what has happened. Let us look at the ready-made. When ready-made came into India in the late 70s, mid 70s, late 70s, there used to be so much amount of uh, debate and those days there was no this uh, TRP asking television or anything, mostly in the newspapers and other things. Ready-mades are considered for classes and going to a tailor and getting it stitched for the masses. So uh, people were telling it's all for rich people and other things. So what has happened over a period of time, you see today it is the reverse. <laughs> all the people who are masses go to ready-made. They take up all these t-shirts which are, you know, uh, export, uh, reject, uh, import, uh, accept or what, all complication. 100 rupee, 200, put some Harvard University is also printed on it. So you can walk around with that with the pride. And if you want to stitch today, it is very expensive. First of all, you have to locate a tailor. When I was in school, every street used to have two tailors, two cobblers, not anymore. To locate a tailor is tough. And if you want to stitch a suit today in India, it's very expensive. Yeah. Income tax will uh, come to your home, actually, if you go and uh, ask. So, unless, of course, you are getting married and uh, you shift the burden to your father-in-law, then he will arrange for a suit to be uh, stitched for you. So, what has happened? What you claimed to be for the masses became for the classes. And now what is uh, uh, for the uh, classes is uh, you go and uh, stitch your own uh, thing. Otherwise, you go for ready-made. Now, ready-made, obviously, the, none of the suits will uh, exactly fit you or anything. But you have to adjust as <laughs> once when I went and uh, bought a uh, coat that... Uh, Shop uh, man told me that you go to Talwalkar or go to any gym for three months, it will get okay, it will get adjusted. So that is the type of, a, unfortunately, some of you may or may not know, we have never created Indian size numbers. We use European and American even today. For a country of our size, for a country of our market, we never created a what are called Indian sizes, you know. This uh, 13, 14 are all European or American type adjusted. Anyhow, so this uh, classes and masses uh, completely become different. Now, what has happened is entire banking industry, significant number of them are dependent upon these uh, ATMs and uh, internet and uh, uh, what you call this phone banking and all that thing. You know, I'm sure you would have got involved with them. Uh, Press one for English, press two for Hindi. And then if you are our existing customer, get lost. Who wants existing customers? Everybody wants new customers. Anyhow, all these are there. Slowly, slowly, it is uh, becoming uh, that the entire bank will become your this uh, mobile phone type of thing. There won't be any brick and mortar bank at all in India. I'm telling you after 10 years, maybe faster. And it will all be in the mobile phone. Not only that, there are a lot of uh, discussion and debate. People are telling with the advent of blockchain technology and other things, banks themselves may disappear. It will be between uh, transaction between individual. What is the role of bank as an intermediary? In the sense, uh, some value added gives and uh, all the households go and keep their saving there and uh, they distribute in terms to the business and commerce and make some margin. They pay the household something like say 6%. They charge when they lend it at 8% or something. The 2% is their gap. So this is what a bank is primarily a 
uh, intermediary with value add. But uh, new type of technologies which are coming up is uh, endangering bank itself. Bank is, bank, I'm not telling banker, bank is dead as we understand the way it is going on, right? Similarly, you look at the situation in the stock exchange. Some of you may not uh, even know or recollect. In the 90s, we used to have 23 stock exchanges in India. Every uh, uh, you know state had one stock exchange. Some of them had two, like uh, Bombay, uh, you know, Maratra had Bombay and Pune. And uh, Karnataka had Mangalore and Bangalore, like that. Some of them had two, Some most of them had one. And uh, other than that, roughly 130 or 135 locations, stock exchanges are functioning, but not uh, recognized, unrecognized. People used to assemble in the evening and uh, courts used to be given and then uh, uh, settlement used to be done on the same day. Today, you see, all of them have become different. For the simple reason, you have this uh, integrated software developed and then uh, you can uh, transact sitting in uh, a small town at the Bombay Stock Exchange using a broker. So you have the BSC and NSC. These are the two major stock exchanges. All other 23, 24 are all uh, gone out of uh, business. Because of the arrival of the uh, technology, ability to link all this as well as create a national grid. This is something fascinating actually. Not only that, India is the only country today where you can't do transaction in a share market without uh, using the software. What is traditionally known as outcry system. Outcry is uh, buy and sell. You know, if in those days, if you see, uh, Pranayara used to be operating with the, you know, the, uh, you know, what you call the Durdarshan. And uh, before budget, they will show the stock market. Some people will be jumping up and down actually and shouting. What they mean is uh, they'll be shouting Asian paint 100, 102, uh, you know, then reliance this 100, 102 mean 100 I want to uh, buy, 102 I want to sell. Bid and offer it is called actually. It's outcry system. And somebody will come and wait in case he is interested. If you are wanting to transact, you can't do the transaction inside the uh, ring. You have to go to a broker. He will send us what is called a representative who will uh, wait there. Suppose the representative wants to buy it at 101, then he has to wait because today the uh, offer is only for 102. So he will wait for a couple of time and you can place the order with your broker. There are uh, different, different type of orders are there, what are called time bound order or uh, orders where you say that uh, limit loss. If it goes to 99, you sell it off, you say, or uh, limit your gain. If it goes to 104, you sell it off like that. All that will be computerized. And in those days, once the transaction is done, it could take as, as high as two weeks to be settled. That's called a settlement period or valan. That's a Gujarati terminology. Settlement period, two weeks it used to take. Today, in India, the entire order placing is by computer system. The what you call the trading is by computer system. Settlement is by computer system. Clearance is also by computer system. And it is today T plus two. In the sense, if it is uh, say Monday, I place an order. 
and I want to buy some shares. Then Wednesday, I have to pay the cash. And uh, similarly, whoever sells it, he should be willing to provide the shares on the Wednesday. This is the situation today. What a major uh, improvement has come. Actually, in our case, the pendulum swings from one extreme to another, if you ask me bluntly. In the sense, we are extremely primitive or we are extremely on the other end of the spectrum because countries like Japan and US even have not completely banned the outcry system. Some of them still has outcry system because some, um, you know, many of the uh, brokers feel that uh, unless we see physically the counterparty, how his uh, eyebrows are knitted or how his eyes are closed or open, we will not know actually the quote given whether it is genuine quote or he is trying to, because purely based upon the ID number in the computer, we really don't know anything. So that type of a complaint is also there. That's a, what you call a sociological and other type of aspects of transacting. Anyhow, so technology has wrought huge amount of changes there in the share market system itself, actually. And in terms of settlement and so many other type of products like your derivatives, futures, options, all of them are now on a system basis only. Yeah. There is nothing which is uh, outcry or which is outside. So we can see in our own uh, personal experience, huge amount of changes have come about because of the technology. And uh, I will... Uh, and this comes very swiftly sometimes, very quickly. You, you think something will take place in 10 years, but it takes place in two, three years. Example I will give. In 1980, I came to the city of Bangalore. I was told that better you go and book a telephone. 1980. I went to the local South Bangalore telephone office and then 750 rupees I have to pay. I paid that and then booked that telephone. He asked, wanted me to fill, you know, type some form and other thing. There was no Xerox facility or computer in those days. One fellow was sitting with the Remington typewriter. I gave it to him and he typed all the thing. And the carbon, which he has been using for some 700 years or something, I'm sure. Even the original print itself was not visible. Anyhow, I got it typed. I gave him 5 rupees. He charged me 3 rupees and 2 rupees I have to return. He has to return. He didn't have change. Anyhow, I came and gave it to the clerk, uh, the cashier. He told, uh, where did you uh, type it? I told, I typed it with that fellow only. And it is okay because nothing is visible in that. Anyhow, and then he uh, took the cash and then gave me the receipt. He told, keep it very carefully. I came and kept it in my bank locker. That was the only asset which was inside my bank locker. Nothing else was there. So, Believe me, 1980, I booked the phone. 1992, I got a letter from the Department of Telecommunication telling you have been allotted a landline. And those days, only one line. And uh, there was a crowd outside my house as if I have you know, achieved a Nobel Prize or something. Sir, you got a telephone. You, got, you know, getting a telephone uh, line itself was such a major achievement, actually. Then I have to chase that uh, lineman and other thing, get it fixed. And, uh, you know, it was one of those uh, with uh, this uh, rotating. You have to rotate the phone for numbers. And uh, Bangalore, if I remember, had some five-digit uh, code numbers only. 
and this if you rotate after three it won't go anywhere and it will stop so <laughs> that is the biggest uh, anyhow that equipment was something which was nice recently i went and uh, returned it actually i have kept the receipt also i wanted to collect back my i because i thought no point in landline and my uh, uh, children and grandchildren are telling, keep it, uncle, because after 10, 20 years, you can sell it in uh, London, uh, you yeah, know, that uh, uh, auction as a, uh, you know, old one. And it was a very nice one, black one with, a, I don't know why, it, why they gave me a one with a, a golden type of a border also. Anyhow, so that's a, what I want to say is 80 and 92 see the difference. And today you have so many type of phones available to you. Maybe in a couple of uh, days or weeks, depending upon the type of KYC and all those forms and other things. Otherwise, the SIM card you can get and uh, and different colors and uh, varieties. You know, you can have black or blue or red. Or, and uh, recent statistics suggest something like 650 or 700 million. Uh, we have got uh, uh, you know smartphones. Other than that, there are non-smartphones also in the country. And the broadband penetration is increasing like anything in uh, interiors also of the country. Why I am telling is the change can come very, very fast. Similarly, 76, I booked uh, this Bajaj Chetak for foreign exchange basis when I was abroad. And came back 83 only, I was allotted a uh, vehicle. Waiting time was so long, you know. And uh, that was only one type of uh, thing, uh, product, a Bajaj product in those days. And, uh, you know, such a, uh, you know, crazy type of uh, thing. Anyhow, today you see the number of vehicles available to you. Post, uh, I call it as post Narasimha I divide the uh, economic situation into two parts, pre Narasimha and post Narasimha He has never been given adequate credit for the thing which he did. Anyhow, today you have something like... Uh, uh, you know, some 18 to 20 type of varieties available in the market of two wheelers, motorcycle or scooter or, you know, and then color and then automatic and on and, on. and now this uh, electric also has come. So the, all these changes have come about in a very fast way. One thing we have to realize is we Indians are not innovators. Let's be very clear about it. I don't think we invented anything fleet uh, recently, but we are adapters. We adopt to things very, very fast. This is the very important difference. We don't, you know, initially when the, uh, what do you call this, uh, Maruti came, many people told, oh, how are we going to manage? Because the earlier ambassador car used to have only one wire. That's all in the, if you open the bonnet, you will find one wire only. That's all. Somewhere in Birbhum or somewhere in Bengal, I got stuck at first and asked for my kerchief. I was very shocked actually. He told uh, Chalega, we will use this uh, for a... And then, of course, I shouldn't mention this. He, there was a, he also searched around and uh, no, a nearby shop caught a condo. I don't know if he used that also as a... And that's all was the car. Nothing more or nothing less. But when the Maruti came, people are told, oh, it is software and this and that. How will we manage? We adapted to it so fast in terms of uh, repair shops. In terms, You know, small towns also, people will, you know, uh, if there is some problem, he will come and rectify it. There is no difficulty at all. Same thing, cell phone. 
in deep interiors also there are shops who will come and uh, you know open the cell phone and do some uh, miracle type of uh, repair and give it back to you we are great adapters we are not uh, we never invented any we can't be accused of inventing any of these things at all <laughs> including the see even the media thing social media none of it is our own uh, our own uh, uh, thing or uh, your facebook and all the thing and uh, compare it to china we will discuss it in some other context everything uh, is theirs actually uh, their uh, twitter their facebook there so but we are very fast in adapting that's our strength actually we and we quickly get into that right uh, recently there was a report about you know some people uh, you know the the phone is getting misused because some people ask you for a pin and other thing and then uh, they swipe all your money and all. very interesting i was talking to a cyber crime person most of the people who are treated are highly educated and rich people only not poor people very very poor people also have a cell phone but they are very rarely because they are so cautious and they are so what worried about uh, you know of course they are saving itself maybe some 2000 or 5000 or anything but uh, so it's uh, it's not that you know illiterate fellows and all these fellows are getting no the people who are treated are very reasonably well to do fellows and also unfortunately very well educated fellows anyhow so we are good adapters in technology but this has some positive things also for us one is we have phenomenal amount of bribery and corruption i think there is it's not i'm not revealing your top secret or anything oh there is bribery in india or anything uh, don't think that the government will uh, you know put me back in prison for revealing a uh, top most secret of this country or anything because in public space nobody wants to talk about it for instance often uh, news report comes that you know some pune job some uh, 20000 people apply some graduates apply mba apply engineering fellows apply and uh, you know lowest type of job in a government so many one of the important reason is the amount of bribery you can collect this is very very this is not distrust in public fora everybody says unemployment level is so high why should i am in uh, history apply for this type of job and in those jobs you get a significant amount of cut if you are a pune in a register office your ability to earn is phenomenal right. yeah, recently i had occasion to visit in the south southern part of the country one uh, crematorium unfortunately one of the elderly person of a friend of mine passed away and then you know we went to the and there is a board there telling it is 350 rupees for the entire crematorium that's a corporation kept board that 350 has been nicely you know uh, one sticker has been kept on top of it also and anyhow the person who was sitting there the whoever is in charge or something uh, she asked for she it was actually she asked for uh, 3000 rupees so somebody and of course you know that somebody of your close uh, uh, is uh, passed away and you are in the crematorium you are not in a mood to argue or anything you just want to finish it in the sense complete the whole process and anyhow so i uh, and then finally it was given and she told if you want you wait i was puzzled actually wait because in the past then it was based upon fuel wood and other thing next day you have to go to collect ashes there is a system by which our 
many of the Hindus believe in collecting the ashes. She told her, it's an electric one, so you can wait for an hour or so, we will give you that. So we were waiting, some people went to have a cup of coffee or something. I was not directly related, so I was also, others uh, went away. I waited there with a couple of others and I casually conversed with her. I asked her, oh, 3,000 rupees you collected, uh, how much uh, per day roughly? She told me, she became friendly with me. In the sense with us and she told 10 bodies at least will come normal. This is pre-COVID time. And uh, so that, uh, you know, which comes to 10 into this uh, 3,000, 30,000. And all days people die. Let's be clear. Not uh, second Saturday people don't die or anything like that. Sunday all days people die. So monthly 30 average basis uh, if you take. So 3,000 into 10, 30,000. So if you even if you want to uh, put it in the range of uh, 20 days only uh, average thing it comes to uh, 60000 and uh, 72 like uh, annual basis uh, 12 months 72 so i asked her what do you do with so much amount of money <laughs> you know she laughed at me sir you are very you are a professor right yes so you are innocent this is not only for me it goes up to the uh, minister level top I get something like uh, three, four lakh only. I asked her, what do you do with those three, four lakh? She told some, I buy gold and land. These are the two uh, major investment areas in India. Land, I have got some nearby areas in gold. And uh, then she threw a nice bombshell on me. Sir, to get this post, I have paid 12 lakhs. So, to sit in this place with a condition that three years I won't be pulled out from here. And so I have to get back my uh, initial investment. So today, this is very important. It's a corruption has seeped all areas actually. And uh, one southern state at least, to become a vice chancellor, it is between 2 crore and 20 crore. You want to become a vice chancellor of a major technical university, 20 crore. And some fisheries or some one of those uh, small time universities will be 2 crore. Everywhere. So what, how do I ask one fellow who became, he said, how do you collect it back? He said, sir, one additional section, many time colleges ask, we have to sanction. 60 people can be accommodated. So per person, we, I take cash from them. 60 into 2 lakh mean uh, 1.2 crore I get. So that is how I have to recover what my initial uh, investment is. And new models have also come. What are the new model? Couple of engineering colleges combined together and they form a consortium and then they collect money and pay for the bribe to become the VC for this fellow so that later this fellow can help those colleges. That is one method. Second is Lokayakta, uh, you know, you might have heard about Lokayakta in some of the state, they raid the offices. Many a time it is known to the corresponding offices and they keep the things very clean. Sometimes it may not be announced, the unannounced or surprise, right? When they did in a place here in the South, they found a couple of uh, people in the registrar office is having cash, you know, half a lakh, uh, one lakh, and uh, it's a big amount actually to carry on person. So, but they were not employees of the registrar office. They are all outsourced by the employees of the register office to collect the bribe and later give it back to them. <laughs> so, 
the advantage is lokayukta cannot initiate any action against those people they are not government employees they are just private fellows and uh, each one will give some explanation why you can't uh, arrest a person for carrying one lakh on his body or anything like that. there is no uh, provision in the law or anything so that is the so this is the way in which uh, you know this uh, bribery and uh, it's a phenomenal amount at uh, all levels actually and one lokayukta known to me retired judge uh, he was not a supreme court judge or anything he was a local judge he acted he told me once when they raided the rto office they found out 36 employees were there 30 of them have never taken any leave in the last 12 years okay. i was also shocked actually such a type of you know devotion to duty and other things he says professor forget about it every day there is a batwada so every day evening they have to sit and share if you are not there that day you can't so he says once actually a person came in a wheelchair with the, you know when he is when he was giving salad water and other thing but attended the office collected the amount in the evening and then only so this is the way in which but most important is the technology is altering the way in which all these things yes, are uh, currently being conducted yeah. one example i will give you railways if you have traveled in railways before 92 93 period you have to meet with one gentleman called tte a man with a black coat he will be sitting in the platform and uh, you have to meet with him and unless and until he gives you the blessing blessing in what you understand you cannot travel in that time. you have to go to him and then sir 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 there will be a small crowd around him actually seven eight people waiting before the train uh, departs and then finally you know the market uh, will operate you have to pay him some amount he will say okay you get into that and he will allot you a seat and all. this is used to be the practice and uh, one real uh, southern uh, manager uh, major in the railway he told me that uh, from the cabinet minister at delhi telephone calls used to come who should be tt in which uh, station madras central sialda howra you know all these uh, because this is these are called atm posts these posts are all huge amount of uh, so that pain the cabinet minister at delhi used to be very enthusiastic about it actually some cabinet ministers of railways are over enthusiastic also we had a one person called gani khan i do not know whether you are aware of it he is from a place called malda in west bengal he was very enthusiastic and he was very conscious about the constituency so he wanted every train to stop at malda <laughs> <laughs> so the joke is like that in those days he told brindavan express also should stop for 4 minutes somebody told sir brindavan is between chennai and uh, uh, bangalore how can it stop at malda for 4 minutes so over enthusiastic uh, people were also there point is today you see the entire system has uh, completely changed and it was by the one of the government uh, companies not even by the biggest like infosys or wipro they didn't compute the railway system it was originally done by one of the government companies and uh, this uh, altered the way in which uh, we are function today you book through the internet and even upgradation if you are on a waiting list or if you are you know 
reservation again, cancellation and other thing is done on the system itself. You don't have to. And then uh, more important is you don't even have to carry the ticket. You have the SMS coming to you in your mobile and you show that to the uh, checker. That's all. Yeah. So I'm, I'm... Unbelievable changes come about. Yeah. So I mean, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was a beautiful exposition of how um, you know <clears throat> the the firstly, I think the ubiquitous nature of corruption and how it has percolated through various uh, you know um, cracks and deficits and creatures of, uh, of 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 the uh, society that we have today. But more importantly, I think the rapid advancements in technology, how they have shifted, for instance, customer attitudes and capabilities uh, in terms of doing various things. I think that is very important. Um, so technology has obviously facilitated the expansion of on-demand service. Uh, through digital channels that offer customers immediate services in terms of e-commerce, retail, uh, food delivery, or even healthcare, uh, which is coupled with speedy and convenient delivery. So there is almost a behavioral, uh, you know, economic aspect, you know, where where it comes to when it comes to delivery and how it is kind of brought forth in the market um, and and the interface with the customer uh, at the last mile. Um, you know, connected to this is this idea that, um, you know, digitizing the experience economy or even the retail, um, the behavioral economic aspect of it is very important. And that has involved a spurt in data, uh, you know, and its control um, with personalization in customer experience being very primary. Uh, and in this context, uh, artificial intelligence and uh, real-time behavioral data uh, has become significant um, with the need for multi-channel access for customers, the usage of these channels over time by these customers and the feedback thereof. Um, and so what is your take on the importance of large data processing technology um, on, on artificial intelligence itself and machine yeah. learning uh, when it comes to uh, taking the economy? Yes, yeah. huge amount of uh, uh, data yes. Is now, incidentally, very many people are concerned. And one more example, other than railways, I wanted to complete is the passport. Right. In India, it used to be such a huge hassle getting a passport right. unless you through, go through agents and other things. Not anymore. It is now with the TCS and uh, various uh, improvements have come and uh, you, know, you can book through the internet and then you get it yeah. back. Anyhow. About data, many people are, you know, even recently when uh, there was a move by government to combine this Aadhaar and, uh, uh, you know, the election uh, card, there was a hue and cry. Even Aadhaar, it's oh, all my particulars are going to be leaked and the privacy is. They don't understand a company like Google has got more data on me. I think they may be having my horoscope also. <laughs> I'm sure that Kundali they will be doing because I might, I'm just telling, not me, but somebody might have sent the horoscope to some other location or somebody else. So the WhatsApp would have captured it or God knows what type of uh, information they may be having and other things. So there is a Swiggy may have more data on you than Government of India. So one is the database, of course, is very large. More important is how it is getting used and how the type of analytics. And a country like India, it's extremely important because of the huge market we have got. And I am very, very sure all these major companies have got a huge amount of analysis of our data. They have more information on the behavioral pattern of uh, individuals than even the government. I'm very uh, convinced about it, actually. And this privacy, I'm not very, you know, I'm not very uh, sure about it. You know, what type of privacy we would like to have, we would like to, you know, I, I recall the very interesting thing. When I was a child, my some of my elders used to keep diaries. 
everyday events and there may emotions or god knows they used to keep it very very in a locker type of thing you are not expected to read the diary it's considered as a, you know very great uh, uh, error you could have done today fellows put all those things into facebook and they want people to read it actually <laughs> they say how many hit are there in my facebook no, nobody is it's a very the world has become ulta actually <laughs> one one time you were not wanting anybody to read today you want all people to read and this uh, you know i am not uh, so much uh, uh, into this uh, privacy thing at all actually as long as uh, you know uh, what one can call significant amount of erroneous steps are not taken against you right for instance in us this so called uh, social security number it is supposed to generate so much amount of information on yeah. you that yeah. one number uh, once it is said it will tell so many things about your tax position about your this if you have been convicted earlier and this and that another thing so that is a there is a what one can call there is always a uh, you know what one can call a conflict between privacy and uh, efficiency and as well as in terms of uh, uh, you know dealing with uh, various uh, aspect now the private companies have got huge amount of uh, access to you and your data and people are only complaining about government according to me government you know may even collect lot of data may not use it actually <laughs> like complaints i know you will be shocked to know there are some 42000 type of compliances companies and banks and other thing have to do for uh, various uh, type of agencies etc nothing a simple bank itself i am given to understand some 60 70 compliances they have to do i do not know who reads all these thing who but in spite of all this we find bank failures on a regular basis so it's a question of uh, according to me much more important is the usage of the data how it is getting interpreted how it is getting uh, utilized how it is getting i am sure some of these uh, global uh, marketing firms would be definitely doing a good job of it in terms of Uh, segmentation in terms of differentiation in terms of you know selling their product i am not so sure about how much government is right. uh, government right. generates lot of data on that there is absolutely no uh, difficulty at all but uh, do they use it do they analyze it for instance you go to our famous national income uh, statistics ministry of statistics and uh, uh, program implementation website they keep lot of data and you know one thing in as far as government is concerned whatever was in the book form even banks many a time whatever is in the book form has been converted into software that's all they don't uh, if the if in the book something was on the left side in the software also it is on the left side that's all not uh, you know for instance if i want to just uh, take one series of uh, saving data on india alone it's not available you have to go to the website and then find out each year what is the thing or or the uh, consolidated data what i want to say is their ability to analyze and provide meaningful data that is one second is uh, as far as the government is concerned much of the data is not timely that's a major issue actually for instance the quarterly jana you know the last quarter is considered as uh, october november december now it, december is going to end you know this uh, quarterly gdp numbers or quarterly various number 
would be available to you only at the end of january or february right right, right. so timeliness is another major a third is update updating everybody cuts ribbon every state minister cuts ribbon and all are you know very great it comes in newspaper and this department has got now uh, you know what one can call their website and i have done a study of 21 major states 28 are there many of them are small you will be shocked to know many of the state government websites and data has not been upgraded after 2014 15 oh. sometime as uh, early as 13 uh, yeah, yeah. 16 17 some you know some rarely uh, which is available for 1920 and what i want to say is there is claims are very large claims are very large and much of the data which these people spout in the tv discussion or in the uh, you know the government what i call pota data pota right, right. pulled out of thin air that is what i call pota you know just something they will say and for instance a simple thing like uh, uh, cost so much we talk about cost 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 basis uh, that cost will vote for this party this party will not get the vote of that you know we don't have any data on cost at the constituency or district or state level the last cost data available to us hold your breath is 1931 <laughs> right and that was used by mandal commission in 1980 to decide how much should be the reservation for various caste 1931 census data because uh, till the british were here they collected this data 41 because of the second world war there was not much of a census 51 nehru told caste is abolished in india in india everything is by assertion caste is abolished dowry is abolished Uh, religious differences are abolished actually so there is that's why we call it in india uh, the law and practice all over the world you go to europe you go to england us there is a course in chartered accounting or commerce that's called banking law right india alone it is called banking law and practice similarly everywhere the course is called taxation we call it taxation uh, laws and practice everywhere it is called contract laws we call it contract laws and practice that mean what the practice is totally different than the laws so we assert so he asserted there is no more caste census is required so there is so what i want to stress this we say so much amount of uh, uh, data timeliness is one issue collection of uh, you know uh, required data is another issue third is analysis and the presentation of data all of these are very major issue some of the private companies may be doing a better job according to me uh, particularly the multinational corporation because they are more interested in their sales in their targets in their for that they have to find out how many people take uh, you know chicken with uh, non and uh, non without chicken and all that uh, data they require i'm sure swiggy and zomato will have they published recently some data about uh, orders being made in several uh, metropolitan cities right. you know calcutta how much uh, you know uh, number one was uh, something like uh, chicken tikka or something and uh, every city they published biryani was uh, top in the list 
Masal Dosa was also there in the list. Interestingly, not of southern states. Masal Dosa was in the northern center. But I want to say they have collected all these and they have, you know, and you require huge amount of, uh, you know, what one can call software capability and uh, also people who are analytical. Yes. You know, people who know how to. And uh, uh, that's a field which has got a huge amount of opportunities, according to me. Analytics is one of the major areas. And uh, so I am not uh, one of those who is sold out on this so-called, you know, uh, private data privacy, you know. <laughs> I don't think uh, uh, that would be such a major uh, type of a uh, concern uh, as far as uh, I am concerned. I am uh, looking at it, actually. So, I mean, uh, that that's, uh, uh, again, a very, very important point, because uh, I'll be coming to that in our third part, where um, there is a Chinese firm, for instance, which has had a fairly wide reach and scope in terms of what it covers and what data it is uh, keeping. Oh, yeah. right? I mean, so there's a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, use in geopolitics and strategic affairs. Sure. Yeah. So uh, they seem to have collected huge amount of data in Europe and so many other places. So, uh, but, yeah. but another place where China has been uh, making strides and we in general in the world are kind of um, coming towards is that of uh, tradable digital assets, which are cryptocurrencies essentially, as we know them. And uh, they have revolutionized the way we think of money itself, right? Uh, so uh, you mentioned um, in, in your introductory statements about, um, you know, the, the relevance of banks and the way we do transactions, the way we finance moves, um, you know, and, and money moves in the system um, is fundamentally being rethought, is being, you know, reimagined uh, in a certain way. Uh, however, lately we have seen a significant slump in the major cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, be it Bitcoin, Ether, or Cardano, uh, I think in the latter part of uh, this year, and um, there have been some tremors. Uh, and this was said to be due to a multitude of factors ranging from uh, rising selling pressure, um, you know, and end of year profit taking as well as speculation. Yeah. Uh, so in India, digital currencies on Indian exchanges slumped uh, into a discount of up to 25%, for instance, compared to the global peers, uh, because of also the additional uh, panic selling, which came when the government listed the cryptocurrency and regulation of official digital currency in right. 2021 uh, to ban all the private cryptocurrencies in the country. So um, do you think that the Indian markets can withstand these volatile times? Uh, where do cryptocurrencies come in for us uh, in the Indian market? Uh, and where do you see us going, uh, you know, in this, in this? Over a period of time, we have to be easy. Cryptocurrencies are not, first of all, guaranteed by any right. uh, sovereign entity. Yeah. Like when you have a 5 rupee note or 10 rupee note, when you read it, you find uh, the Reserve Bank of India assures yeah. you, solemnly assures you to uh, give the equivalent of 10 rupee or 5 rupee or something. Anyhow, not uh, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies are, some of them are backed by gold. Not all of them. And so one has to be cautious. What I want to say is, these are initial enthusiasm. Huge number of uh, them. And uh, somebody in the last count rolled as high as 60,000 or something are floating in the market. And the type of exchanges itself, some 14, 15,000. So this is something like your uh, tulip mania of the, you know, Holland of the 16th century. So one has to be cautious. According to me, you see, cryptocurrency is one part of the blockchain technology. A lot of people confuse between the two. Blockchain is a technology which can exist without cryptocurrency. There is absolutely no difficulty at all on that. And uh, so I would say, it's an enormously fluctuating uh, uh, thing, asset. 
and uh, there is not much of an underlying to that asset and there is not also insurance uh, guaranteed another way it is uh, it's a game actually as of now without any it's something like your tinpatti or you know uh, in the bombay in the you know mumbai market the street corners they play in the morning actually <coughs> so until and unless it stabilizes it will take couple of uh, years i am sure then only one will be able to <coughs> talk about cryptocurrency in a more uh, rational fashion in terms of you know uh, as of now there is an irrational exuberance somebody says oh i got a huge amount of gains and other thing it is more like your las vegas today so it has to but let's repeat again the blockchain technology is significantly altering the way in which we are going to be for instance uh, the tax havens are going to be severely affected because uh, yeah. the blockchain technology is going to tell you exactly where the uh, funds are uh, getting uh, accumulated where the rupee or dollar is going another similarly export import when i export something to germany the blockchain technology can immediately capture what i export and what is imported in germany so the trade mispricing or under invoicing over invoicing will all become very very difficult so blockchain is going to uh, if i want to use the word create havoc in the way in which uh, the entire economy and finance is going to be uh, dealt with in the next so crypto according to me i will take another at least one year to wait for it to uh, stabilize and i am sure those cryptos which are based on some type of a uh, either gold standard or the output of those uh, crypto themselves are restricted or limited it's not uh, unlimited or anything and all these factors will play a role in uh, stabilizing that not that it will go away but let's be very very clear blockchain can exist without cryptos there is no uh, difficulty at all on that and uh, blockchain is something which is going to according to me it is uh, uh, second uh, major development after internet believe me Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 this neatly brings me to the last kind of bit uh, of this discussion, uh, is, uh, to do with something that you touched upon in your introduction, which is to do with mobile technology, mobile phones, and uh, the ubiquitous nature that it has, uh, you know, now in today's world. Uh, as I gave you the statistics, uh, I think almost eighty-five plus uh, percent of people in various countries have uh, mobile phones. In India, we had the geo uh, revolution, as we call it, and uh, there is an accessibility um, which even people in villages and smaller towns have in terms of mobile technology um so you mentioned about uh, you know so so mobile technology is being used for small time financial activities information on prices uh, billing settlements and so on um you have mentioned in the past that mobile phones and telecommunication um can drive a retail credit revolution as as you call it sure so it is it is creating a huge amount of change in terms of the petty businesses actually small retail quite a lot of retail i find that today are accepting this paytm and various other yeah. thing uh, beam and other thing and actually there is one i saw you know in south uh, they bring this uh, you know the bull uh, decorated another thing with their horn painted another right. thing and then one person comes with a musical instrument called nadaswaram yes. he plays in the morning and basically you know loosely calling it sort of a begging but uh, he does it in a Higher level, 
and recently i saw one place it came in the videos and uh, the person want to give 10 rupees so that fellow uh, he says no the bull has got uh, in the front one of those uh, paid paid a mides right he says just swipe it and then you know this is something which uh, tells you the penetration i am talking about many of the vegetable vendors reasonably well they accept these things yes, yes. today even pani puri walas and all these things and again let us be very clear that is not going to completely eliminate black money or anything let be very it's a transaction black money will continue to be there as long as bribes are required and you can't pay a bribe in paytm or you can't pay it in google pay or you know in check so i can't ask the government employee can i pay you in check he will look at me what is this ambak because today having even multiple account is extremely difficult because banks consolidate your account if you have some account here some no it's not yes not unlike the past because it's all linked with aadhar and so many things are there so transaction wise huge amount of changes come about many time you know many time uh, you know i can go out without carrying cash yes with only my credit card or with my google pay that's all i don't require to carry cash at all everywhere i am telling it has become a uh, norm actually so as one video showed one fellow telling in that uh, you know a car is standing in a signal and this man goes to beg and that fellow says uh, uh, no cash and this man uh, shows him a machine telling you can pay through this also no this may be extreme but what i am telling is again i am telling we are good adapters of technology we may not be innovators so this is transaction wise it is creating a huge amount of impact so this will be and this is this is a facilitating process and this will also reduce the cost of transaction and uh, maybe in the future blockchain will be linked with this in which case huge amount of reduction in the cost of transaction will take place because the intermediary will be eliminated so i mean and that's a very good note to uh, i think uh, close today's discussion on uh, in this session uh, it was uh, really nice to hear about uh, your exposition of um, the places and the ways in which technology has percolated through in terms of uh, society and economics um i think there is uh, a greater relevance of various applications and um, you know elements which uh, come thereof uh, and i think only the sky is the limit because as we are seeing um you know we are increasingly moving towards a decentralized uh, deployment of technology in economics and finance um and we will we see a greater autonomy of the individual uh, of various structures within the market as well which are uh, working towards this end um so thank you uh, dr uh, professor arvindanathan Ar today for this uh, session it was really good to uh, discuss with you about this <clears throat> thank you very much uh, thank you. and, and uh, this is that. yeah this is the second of uh, a, a three part interaction as we uh, mentioned in the beginning and we will be uh, speaking about china in the next uh, part of this interaction so we look forward to having you there thank you